You're so fucking gay. <laughs> She strikes again, the baddest fox burglar, the sickest scissoring sister, and the one and only perfect pussy puncher. That would be Amanda Martin. What is up, everybody? Thanks for coming back for some more, for some part two. And I'm going to assume that you guys are here because you finished part one of my conversation with Layla. Now, part one was mostly us just reminiscing about some of our favorite memories together, but part two takes a little bit more of a serious turn as we discuss what makes a good friend and the qualities that we seek in the people that we keep closest to us. Sincerely, Layla is one of the most virtuous, kind, and considerate friends that I've ever had, which is why I take her opinion with the weight that I do. What do they say? You're the product of the three closest people to you. I'm not sure how true that is, but surrounding myself with people like her is seriously one of the biggest blessings I've encountered. So sit back, relax, put some headphones on, and enjoy part two. You and I have been friends through your relationship with, like, Spencer. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, like, you've, like, been so level-headed when it comes to, like, dating things. Like, it's really (laughs) been me that's been, like... All over the board. All over the fucking board. Yeah. No, I feel like my perceptions on things obviously they change and they evolve and they grow but you've been but i feel like you've been level-headed from the start oh would you argue or no i think at the beginning of dating spencer and my last relationship as well like i was i've been the crazy girl i was the crazy girl for not very long because i don't like the way that it makes my heart feel like i don't like feeling jealous i don't like feeling envious i don't like feeling paranoid i don't like any of those feelings and so I have learned over time that I could feel those things and be worried about jealousy and paranoia and all of those things. Or I can just figure out why I'm jealous, mm-hmm. what it is in me that makes me jealous of this person or that man or that girl or that whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can isolate the feeling in myself because I'm the only person that can, I can change. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, but I also feel like that <clears throat> concept is very like mature of you as well yes yeah yeah yeah. I, so i don't know i just feel like because i ha i was kind of a crazier girlfriend and i've been uh, a hot mess before hot mess express hot mess express i don't know i just feel like i've learned that i don't like that feeling and the only person i can change is myself i can't change somebody else i can't change somebody else to want to go fuck around and cheat on me i can't change anybody else to want to be around me you know so what, what can I do to isolate that in myself and not feel that way? Right. When you've been like the crazy bitch. Because I feel like if you talk to every single person that I've dated seriously, they would all tell you that I've been a crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing con- to concede in every single one of those situations, I've been the crazy bitch. And I feel like everybody has crazy bitch moments in every relationship. Right. I think that, but I think that what the things that you say about like realizing that like, what is it within me that yeah. make, that causes me to feel jealousy? Yeah. And how can I tackle that from within? Mm-hmm. That concept, because how old are you? 25. Yeah, and like that concept, I feel like I didn't grasp until I was like 28, 29. Okay. Like within the past year. Oh, yeah. Or so. No. So my development for that. So are you asking me how have I become this way? I don't know. Well, I, I guess I guess like my question is like, well, one, I mean, you'll have to like, this is edit definitely for out? like, no, 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 oh. no. This is good shit, but like. Um, I should edit it out because <laughs> it's nonsense. No, no, no. I, I'm on this aspect. I'm definitely gonna have to like go into a completely different episode to talk mm-hmm. about how it affected me. But I think that like growing up in like purity movement culture, yeah, very much stunted my ability to 
understand how to be in a relationship. Yeah. And I feel like just now I'm starting to grasp recognize those things and see them. And I think that eventually like my growth will get to a point where I actually like level out and I'm like where I should be Mm -hmm. in terms of like my social uh, maturity. Yeah. And and, and just your emotional intelligence as well. Right. Yeah. But I think I had to like come from behind um, but I, and I didn't realize how behind I was yeah. until I was like 25. Yeah. You know? Fair enough. So everything that you're saying is stuff that I totally resonate with now, but I have not previously. Yeah. So what would you say it was for you that like allowed you to recognize, hey, like, because I think that like, let's look at jealousy, for example. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy, especially as you're younger, to sit there and be like, Layla, you make me jealous. Yes. It is easy to project. Like, it's the other person's doing. It's the other person's, um, they're doing X, Y, Z action, and that's making me jealous. Mm -hmm. So they need to stop doing X, Y, Z action because they are making me jealous. Yes. And then as you get older and... You um, realize your worth. And you realize your worth. Yeah. And you also realize that, like, jealousy, I, I think you can make somewhat of an argument that a small amount of jealousy can be healthy. somewhat healthy. Yes, absolutely. Right? But because at that point, if you're not jealous, are you even interested? Like, there has to be that, like, no, that person's mine. Like, they're, right. that's my girlfriend or that's my boyfriend right. or what have you. Right. But I think once it spirals into this really unhealthy, toxic, like, I'm going to check their phone and I'm going to check their computers and their emails and right. all of those things. I have so many people in my life who have come to me at one point or another and they've either said, I did something really stupid and they tell me that they went through their significant other's phone or they're thinking about doing that. And in my mind, I'm like, why? Because you're, you're only going to find something that will make you feel sad. Right. That will make you feel shitty. Right. Um, and so instead of doing that, don't. Right. Don't. Um, because it, it's as simple as, if you want to be in my life, you absolutely can. Fool me once, shame on, you know, you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, and so I always, I don't know. I, one of my coworkers very recently actually said, like, so you're going to be mad at uh, me. And uh, I said, you went through your boyfriend's phone, didn't you? And she was like, yeah. I, not, not his phone. I went through his Facebook or some, something. And I'm just like, you found something you didn't want to find, did you? And she was like, yes and no. Like, it's, it was just like old stuff that I found. And I'm like, okay, well, A, he's proving to you that he's not doing anything. And B, now you feel like shit. And now you have to own up to your boyfriend that you did this. Right. Which, if he has nothing to hide, it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, it is a breach in trust. But like, if you're really not up to anything, I, I don't feel like many people on that side of it would be like, what the fuck? Why did you do that? I feel like they'd be like, okay, like you can go through my phone, but like, I don't understand the rationale behind like, whatever. I don't have anything to hide. Mm-hmm. And that was his response upon her kind of discussing it with him. But I'm like, it's just going to make you feel like shit. Right. Even it, if it's old it's shit. It's like asking questions that you don't want to know the answers to. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I always tell people so, I say this like a broken record, but like, everybody's opinion other people's opinion of me is none of my business right it just isn't like i can live in blissful ignorance knowing that people probably don't like me and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that i'm not going to be everybody's favorite person but do i need to be my favorite person yeah 
I don't know, though. I think I would take a more, like, nuanced approach than the um, other people's opinion of me. It's none of my business. Because I think that... I mean, unless they want to tell you. Right. But I, but I, I, but say... I, guess my, I guess my point is, like, in most cases, I would absolutely agree with you. But I would say that if there's something that I'm doing that is, like, disappointing my parents or whatever, mm-hmm. that is something that I would actually want to know. Oh, yeah. And, and so I guess... I should preface or clarify and say that, like, what other people say about you behind your back that they don't want you to know is none of your business. If somebody brings something to me and says, like, hey, you do this thing and it really kind of hurts my heart or it upsets me or whatever, then absolutely I need to take it upon myself to understand that my actions have consequences in making other people upset or whatever. But... If somebody's talking shit about me to my other coworker, like that—that's none of my business. Right. I don't care what the fuck they have to say. Right. If you bring it to me and it's an actual problem and you give me something concrete and actionable, right. then, then, then absolutely we yeah. can address it. But if you're just talking shit to talk shit, then have fun. Word. Because it's none of my business. That's fair. I, I don't care what other people think. That's totally fair. You know. Yeah. And so I feel... because I think that like people like you, like your opinion of me, isn't like my end all be all. But it's definitely important to me. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that, like, that that goes with, like, varying degrees. Like, I think that people that I would have considered, like, really, really close friends three, four, five years ago, that at that point in my life, like, their opinion of me really mattered. Now, I'm like, honestly, like, if you think I'm, like, a shitty friend or if you think, X, you know, X, Y, Z, it just doesn't hold as much weight. Unless I'm, like doing something that's causing you to feel that way and then mm-hmm. like please bring it up to me and address it absolutely but um hudson and i were having this conversation the other day because um i was actually talking to him about you and i was because he's like oh i didn't realize that you and layla like still like talk and i was like yeah dude i was like one thing that i like always appreciated about layla is we can go months without talking and then we like pick up and it's just like hey hey what's up yeah and, and it's cool and i never feel like pressure to hang out but i also like the times that i do hang out with you like damn like dude we why don't we do this we more? can't go so long without like hanging out with each other or, like yeah. chatting i feel like we've gotten better over the years because i feel like Absolutely. now we make it a point to see each other at minimum like once a month totally i think you're right um or at least like catch but, up like you're a chat. fucking human and i'm a human and we got shit that we're doing right and so it's fine right that we um, can be friends and not see each other every second of every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine, too. Um, but I was telling Hudson about... So you had texted me, like, two or three weeks ago. Whenever you went up to, to up fly. north to, with Spencer, right? Yeah. Um, and I was hanging out with my parents, and I got this text from you. And you had basically said, you know, Spencer and I are talking about how like, great of a friend you are and, like, how much I cherish that. And... It was honestly, like, getting that text 100% made my day. Yay. Because. That's what I wanted. Because that feeling is 100% mutual. Well, and. And and not just that, but I, like, and this is the point that I was, like, telling Hudson. And, like, this is going to sound conceited, but also, like, I 100% believe it. I definitely think I tend to be a better friend than I get. Yeah, same. And, but I also, but I recognize it about you. Because I think there have definitely been times where, like, you have been a better friend to me mm. than I've necessarily been to you. Um, but I also feel like we have that kind of relationship where if I were doing something where you're like, bro, like you were not being a good friend. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel any hesitation, like reaching out to me and like yeah. calling me out for that. Yeah. Cause you know that I would much rather know that. Yeah. And for me to be like, yeah, well, and so I think for me, like a big problem that I face in a lot of my relationships is knowing when to be like, hey, what the fuck? You're not being a good friend right mm-hmm. now to me. Like, I have a pretty 
I don't know. I just don't ever know when I should or shouldn't say that. Or, like, to which friends I can say that and which friends I can't. Right. You know, because they're going to either take offense or... Right. And, but I think that... I'm like, going to come across as, like, needy or right. what But on you. that note, in, this, in the same way that I like, seek friends that are truthful with me, I also seek friends that I can be truthful with. Yeah. Or truthful to, or however you grammatically put that correctly. Um... Fucking preposition. I feel like truthful to and with would work. I can be truthful to you, and I can be truthful with you. you. Truth. True. 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 That's the Um, root word. (laughs) Tarot. I've definitely been seeking those friendships more and more because Mm -hmm. you... That's the kind of people you want long term. Yeah, dude. And like when you surround yourself with people that are like, yo, like... You're on the fucking team. Let's go. Like, let's go. And, like, I think that I seek to see the success in my friends as much as I see, seek to see it in myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I see that you're off, like, in Prague and, like, doing your <laughs> shit, I'm like, yes. Like, yes, queen. Like, you fucking yes. go. Like, look at you, like, going and, like, doing these things that, like, you've worked your ass off to do. And, like, I'm so, like, cheerleading you on yeah. because I, like... I would rather be that person to like champion your success because I'm so excited to see that yeah. than to see like your success as like somehow like diminishing my own. Yes. I don't understand that's so fucking that. Stupid. I don't understand that. And I feel like we live in that culture of like social media where we're consuming people's curated lives and comparing ourselves to that. And it's so unhealthy and honestly, it's doing us all a disservice. Right. Cause it's like, who fucking cares what other people are doing success wise? Like, if you feel happy or content, or even if you don't feel happy or, or content, but you know that you're working towards that as your goal, right. fuck yeah, dude, rock on. Yeah. Keep, keep crushing right. it. And, like, the friends that have been the best to me in that space are the ones that, like, are, are like... Still here. Still here. Yeah. And, like, they're like, yo, like, go live your best life. Like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. Like, keep, like, championing on. Mm-hmm. But they're also doing that for themselves, too. Yeah. You know, so when they see the, uh, when they see their own potential, they're like, holy fuck, I'm going to like, now I believe in your potential. Yeah. And those are the friends that I'm trying to continue to surround myself. I expect the best from my friends. And if they're not the best, then they're not on my fucking team. I only fuck with the best, baby. Like, that's who I want to surround myself with is excellence. Because if the people around me are excellent, I in turn will be motivated to be excellent. Absolutely. And to reach the best because I'm surrounded by the best. And so I don't understand why this concept is so foreign of like, you show up for your fucking friends. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, these are the family that you're choosing. So why wouldn't you at minimum show up? Right. And I think that's like actions speak louder than words. Right. So the number of times that's like, I've received apologies for, and and I'm saying this because like, I've also been that friend too. I'm not going to sit there and pretend like that I'm, always a wonderful friend mm-hmm. especially this time last year when i was like dealing with your up, shit like mentally yeah i was definitely not a good friend mm-hmm. at all yeah. and anybody that was in my life at that point can attest to how shitty of a friend i was yeah so there's a part of me that like tries again like tries to give people the benefit of the doubt of like all right if you're continuing to like blow me off or whatever maybe you're going through some shit and like honestly if you are I would hope that you'd feel comfortable enough to tell me that because mm-hmm. then like I, uh, I've been there. I can have so much compassion towards like, you know, like you're either like depressed or you have other shit going on and I can relate to that. So when you don't show up for things, like I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, you're being like, this is like shitty of you. I'm going to like understand like, hey, you know what? 
just just be patient. Just like be patient with that friend mm-hmm. because this is so out of character for who they typically are. Yeah. So have that compassion. But if you're not like letting me have that insight, but you're like apologizing to me and being like, oh my God, uh, next time, next time, next time. And like next time, guess what? It happens again. Mm-hmm. And then you expect me to sit there and like want to put effort in. It's just like, I don't hate you. I have no animosity towards you. Like I love you. I hope one day that we're like, it's not even that we're like on bad terms, but I hope one day we can like pick shit up again. But like, I can't be the one to continue to put in effort. Yeah. So Hudson and I were talking about how, again, we live in this world where people have like extremes, right? So I think one of the extremes of me when I was younger is because I was again, like a way better friend than I had a tendency to, to receive. have. Yeah. Um, I poured so much of myself into those people without a return. lot in return. Yeah. And then, but you have the opposite, opposite end. And you'll see a lot of this on like social media of being like cut toxic people out of your life. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't have time for you, then like you don't have time for them. And like all this shit. I'm like, I just don't think that's the right approach either. Because I think that like, am I going to like put in a fuck ton of effort for somebody that's not putting in any effort for me? No. But also like there's, there are people that, I think about like when I was living in Colorado and I'll see like a meme that makes me think of them or like a song and I'll like screenshot it and send it to them and be like, Hey, Oh my God, totally made me think of you. Like have a great day. And guess what? I know I'm not getting a text in return and I've accepted that. And I could either sit there and be like, Oh, well this person never texts me back anyway. Or like, I don't get anything out of this relationship and never reach out to them. Or I can just be like, you know what? This makes me think of this person in Colorado. And if nothing else, they're going to get a text knowing that I was thinking about them today. And I think it's just so much better to go in with that approach and put in good in the world and be a good friend. But also that's not the person that I'm going to like be calling, be texting, be hitting up. You're going to get a text to me once every six to nine months, maybe when I see something that like, that reminds me of you. Yeah. So I don't want to like be like, well, fuck toxic people and cut them out of your life. Yeah. But also, like, realizing, like, where those boundaries are and realizing that, like, boundaries can also, like, adjust based on, like, you know, you start following through and it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a better friend and be a red friend. And then you're not. Then, like, the boundaries are still there. Yeah. But you start, like, showing up for things that, like, you say you're going to do. Cool. Like, but you've got to build that trust again. Yeah. You know? And trust, and trust is huge in a relationship. Yeah. In any form of a relationship. Yeah. No, I think that I feel like when people don't show up. At minimum, either to a text conversation or to an event or what, whatever. I, it, it feels like they're breaking of your trust. Yeah. You know, it does feel like a break in trust. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm trusting you with my time. And for me, and I imagine for you as well, like, time is all we have. That's all we have. It, money doesn't fucking matter. Like all of this other bullshit doesn't matter. Time is what we have and time is not infinite. There's a finite amount of it. So if I'm giving you my time, that's important and that should hold weight. And when you're not realizing that you're wasting my time, that's when I'm like, well, what the hell? <laughs> you know, that's that break in trust. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I'm trusting you with my time and with my heart and with my, you know, hard work. And don't turn around and abuse that or make it feel not as important as that is. I agree. I think that that's 
the basis of how it makes me feel. So I was talking to um, a girl that um, works out at my gym the other day. And I'm curious, like, your thoughts on this. Yeah. Because we were talking about, like, I, I don't know about you. Like, I've definitely spent, like, years on and off in therapy. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. And let me start off because I want to get in any type of liability or legal trouble. Let me start off by saying that I'm not diminishing the work that um, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a therapist does. And if you, like, have that person that you talk to, like good on you and bully for you yeah and do it to like to whatever extent that you need and i'm about that yeah her and i were talking about though how it is so much easier to fluff up your friends than it is to be honest with them Mm -hmm. and when you look at i look at the times that i've been in therapy and when i because like i said i go on and off and usually i go back to therapy when i'm going through some major hardship in life yeah um a breakup uh, or something that's like fucking me up in the head. Because mm-hmm. I know that that person from a like comes from an outside perspective and really can honestly tell it to me a little bit more straight than people that are emotionally involved in that aspect of my yeah, life. Yeah, they don't have a bias. Right. Or any sort of thing to gain. Right. Yeah. But then you, so I think that like, as far as, like, as the spectrum of therapy, you have the people that are like, fuck therapy. Like, I don't need therapy. They're, therapy some white people shit i've definitely heard that before you know um so so there's like the fuck therapy and then there's the people that like go every single week and i think that there are definitely people that honestly need to go see their therapist every single week and again like again i'm not diminishing the work of a therapist yeah but i but i think that there are some people that are so dependent on their therapist that might not have to be if they surrounded themselves with friends that are just way more raw and real with them. Mm. So I was looking at it like during this time last year when I was fucked up, it was generally, and a lot of it came from like, I was in a different place in my life where I was able to take people's honesty a lot better than I had in previous previously. Years. Yeah. Um, but I had people in my life that weren't sitting there and telling me bullshit because they wanted to fluff me up. And then I had to go to my therapist and have my therapist be like, actually, no, like yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Like you need to pull your head out of your ass basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, a nice scientific way of saying that. Yes. If we started being more raw and real with each other with the understanding that we want our friends to be more raw and real with us and they might say things that hurt our feelings, mm-hmm. but with the best intentions of mine, cause I don't sit there and like, let people into my life that are raw, like quote unquote raw and real with me, but that don't have my best intention in mind. Yeah. You know, that are like intentionally trying to fuck me up. Somebody like you, somebody like my friend Amanda, they're like, you're, I don't have any like horse in this race. I just want you to be a better person. Right. And, 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 and you, like, you love me as a friend to the extent where like you want to see the best for me. Yeah. So when you surround yourself with friends that are a little bit more honest with you and you're open to understand that you're going to be criticized mm-hmm. and that's okay because that's how you grow. Yeah. That maybe we wouldn't have such a dependency on seeking out professionals that have to do damage control for the f- shit that our friends tend to tell us. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think that I have a, a different view on therapy a little bit. I think that a therapist's only goal should be getting that person out of therapy. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like good therapists, that is their job. You know, dealing with whatever it is that is the issue by teaching you how to handle your emotions and how to become more emotionally intelligent. Once you have those skills, it's fine. 
you can then leave the nest because you have the skills, the coping mechanisms, the whatever that you've learned, breathing techniques, to leave therapy as a whole better person. Whereas there are people, you know, on the extreme cases who have schizophrenia and different issues that they have to work through that they do need to be in there every single week because right. they have actual mental issues um, that they have to work through and, and, you know, sometimes that accompanies medication and whatever. Right. Um, and whatever somebody's going to do to better themselves, like, yeah, I'm about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that a therapist's main goal should be how can I teach this person and give this person as much concrete information and methods of dealing with what they're dealing with to put them back into the world as a better person. Right. Well, and I, I take the same approach when I do like my training, right? Yeah. Like I would be a bad trainer if I created some so- sense of dependency on me. Yes. Like a good trainer is somebody that not, that doesn't just kick your butt in a workout that mm-hmm. doesn't just like tell you what you should eat, but that educates you on like how to make decisions, why to make certain decisions. Yeah. Um, so I when, think that when people leave me, yeah, I should never have to worry about, like, they have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be quite as, like, on point as if they were with me. No. But they should have a general sense of, like, what to do. Because on that's own. my job as a professional yeah. is to make you independent. So I think that, to answer your question, I think that many people probably need to go to therapy to figure out the methods of communication and the methods of emotional intelligence. Like, how to grow that emotional intelligence to, in turn, pick friends that won't just blow smoke up their ass. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. I feel like you have to have a sense of security in yourself to hear criticism from your friends and not take it in a personal way. To not instantly go to the place of like, well, she's attacking me because she's a bitch or he's saying this because he blah, 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 blah. You know, you have to be in a, a place mentally to say, wait, hold on a second. Maybe there's some, some actual validity to what he's saying or what they're saying. And I don't think that many people, or I mean, that was an extreme. Some people need to go to therapy first to figure out how to be comfortable enough to do that okay. and to hear that. Okay. You know, not yeah, everybody yeah. has that confidence or that understanding or that know-how or whatever to be able to hear that. And instead of just, well, fuck that person, they're just saying that because that's on them and that's blah, 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 right. but actually take it. And, and internalize it right. and turn it into becoming a better person. I think that, that takes a little bit of skill. And I think therapy is a skill. I think that it's something that you go to if, you, if you're privileged enough to do it, because I do think it's a privilege. 100%. Yep. Um, I think you go there to hone in on this skill of understanding the way that your mind works to hopefully figure out how other people's minds work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I feel like friendships, to an extent, is all a game of chess. It's all a a game of communication chess. How do I say what I'm trying to say in a way that will resonate with them and move this piece forward on the board? So it's it's about creating and honing in that skill of communicating with friends and being communicated to in a way that's not just bullshit, but is actually of value. Yeah to your growth so i think it's a little bit of both i think maybe you don't necessarily need therapy if you can do this on your own i haven't gone to therapy in many 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 years but i did go to therapy you know when i was younger in my like tumultuous shitty teenage years is when i was in therapy the most heavily 
And it did teach me those skills that I think I've always just from then on built on myself, either by self-educating and reading or, you know, going to seminars and things like that. Yeah. Just to learn about how to deal with difficult people or how to communicate with this type of person. You know, I, I get a lot out of those types of things. Yeah. I can, I can honestly say that, like, there's been so many tools that I've been given as a byproduct of going to therapy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, like, finding a therapist that, like, resonates with you. Yeah. I'm like, because I think there are people that go to therapy and for whatever reason, they're the ther- them and their therapist just don't match. Vibe. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. Yeah. You know? I looked at it, I was like, I'm not the perfect trainer for everybody. No. And that's okay. It doesn't mean, like, I'm bad. It doesn't mean that person's bad. It just doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't work for that person's personal style. Right. So I think that there have been so many people that have gone to a therapist that they don't mesh with and have, like, written off therapy. Yes. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, you just let me tell you, right I that... had, like, six therapists. Yeah, you know? And, no. like, it wasn't until this most recent one that I'm, like, that I've ever really felt comfortable really and talking heard. to somebody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And heard. You're exactly right. Yeah. So. Yeah. A funny story about therapy. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. So um, I had like a fuck ton of anger issues growing up. And I mean, I still have a decent amount, but working on it. Working <laughs> still on it. working through but it. But I mean, like I had like major temper problems. Right. And I think that, you know, it, it's funny because my parents and I have talked through a lot of this now that I'm an adult. Yeah. And But I think that when I was a teenager, my parents really didn't know what the fuck to do with me. Yeah. Because I was just so pissed off all the time mm-hmm. maybe because you know i'm getting uh i was told i'm an abomination but true neither here nor there. you are uh, an abomination i'm such an abomination the uh, abominable snowman he goes don't worry it's lemon <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> for the listeners i am quoting what is that is it monsters inc monsters inc yeah i almost said mike wazowski that's the main mike wazowski. one of the main characters that's so funny um, but my parents were like really like at their wits end. Like they had no idea what to do with like little angry Amanda, angry gay Amanda, angry faggot Amanda. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So they decided they were gonna try to uh, try to work this out via a therapist. But they told me that we were going to family therapy. Right? Oh no! But it was just me, and my parents. It was just you guys. Just me, and my parents. Right? Yeah. Then it gets worse because we go into this. We go into this office. We're sitting in the lobby and like the therapist opens the door and he like, brings my parents back first and was like, I mean, I'm like, I'm going to bring you back in a second. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, and I think I haven't talked about this aspect with my parents because I think in hindsight, my parents probably would have not done it this way because it was to me, it came off as so dishonest mm-hmm. and like it totally broke my trust to sit there and tell me we're going to family therapy. And then I'm sitting in the lobby by myself because at that point it's like, okay, I, I already know going in that this is going to be therapy for me. Yeah. But for you to like separate me after telling me this was family therapy was really disheartening. Yeah. So as soon as the door shut, I booked it. Yeah. I like left the office and I literally like laid down in the bed of my dad's truck and hid for like a good hour. <gasps> yes. And then like my dad like came out like my dad, the therapist and my mom came out and they were like, you need to come inside. And I did, and I just, like, screamed at them for, like, 20 minutes in this therapy session, and we never went back. Nice. Yeah. And then I told my mom that I was gay. Well, this was, like, years later. I I was going to say, in therapy? Jesus. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm gay. Um, I'm gay, mom and dad. I have a big secret, and I'm going to reveal it in this therapy office. Oh, my God, I love puss. (laughs) Um, No, so 
years later, I came out to my mom and I sometimes I hesitate telling these stories just because like I don't want anybody to think like my mom is a bad person because my mom has come so so far. far. And I think that like when you are, for lack of a better word, indoctrinated by certain ideology, you really don't know what to do. That's right. Yeah. So my mom like first had me go get my like blood tested to see if like there was like some sort of a hormonal reason why I might be gay. I mean like shocker, I have a testosterone of like a 13 year old boy, but like <laughs> I could have told you that because I have to like wax my lip every two weeks, you know, like, <laughs> this is not a surprise. And then she made me go to this Christian therapist. Now I have no problem going to a therapist who happens to be a Christian, even though I'm not religious, mm-hmm. but like your science and training should come first. Yeah. And you if, can't like, marry and if you happen two. to be a Christian, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Go for it, honey. Um, but it was a Christian therapist and she would like pray with me after like our sessions. And it was just so uncomfortable. Yikes. And I remember her telling me one time. I can imagine how th- that could be comforting if you do believe in religion. Totally. But definitely not for like a little gay kid. No. You know, because I was told in my therapy session, it's not wrong that I have these same sex attractions. It's just wrong if I act on them. That's fucked up. That is so fucked up, right? Yeah. And let me set you up for failure. I know, right? Have you heard of Maslow's hier- hierarchy of needs? Well, fuck all that. <laughs> you don't need any of it. And um, so then she was like, prayed with me. And then she's like, all right, so should we schedule another appointment? And I was like, I'm going to get back to you. And I just like never went back to her. No. And then I fa- like ended up, I'm trying to think if I went to anybody else after that. I went to... Yeah, I went to Nicole after that. Okay. And that's been, like, probably the most, like, solid therapist I've had. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's pretty cool. And she's pretty hot, too. So, you know, like, therapy was, like, not that bad. Not that bad once (laughs) a week. Like, not bad for a white chick. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think once a week is, at least for most people's just everyday woes and issues that they have to work through, I think once a week is very intensive. I think if you did once a week. For a short bout of time, yeah. that would make sense. Like, yeah, once a week, get it all down, and then we drop it down to two, you know, every two weeks, and then once a month. And then at that point, if you feel the need, schedule an appointment as you need it if you're dealing with something. And right, but at we, some point, like, baby bird, go fly, girl. Yeah, I think that that should be, from my limited understanding of therapy, Right, that should be the goal. Because you shouldn't need to, you shouldn't need to spend your money every single fucking week or However often you go for the rest of your life, that feels crazy. Right. Let's, well, oh, we shouldn't use the word crazy. Wow, that was so non-PC of you. I'm sorry. That that feels wild to me. Okay, yeah. But I do like the idea of, okay, I go to a therapist until I feel like I'm good to go. And then from then on, if if something big is going on, like a breakup, like you said, or I'm feeling really stressed because work is crazy and I'm trying to buy a house and I have a kid now and like, all of this and you kind of need someone to talk to, absolutely. It should be on a need-by-need basis. And if you like your therapist that you did do all this initial work with, hell yeah, go back to them. Totally. Totally. But but yeah. Because I think that like... For my therapy sessions, like at towards the end of me going, I would be like, all right, so like what do you want to shoot the shit about? And it was just like, I don't know. What do you want to shoot the shit about? I'm your therapist. What do you want? You know, that would be kind of... You know, and so my therapist, her, one of my final sessions with her, she just was like, dude, you don't need me. You don't need me. You figured it out. Like, come back if you need it, as you need it. But we don't need to do this all the time. Right. Don't, don't be coming in here just to like, 
oh, I'm in high school and I'm sad. Yeah. Like, you're fine. Right. And well, I think that, like, in today's social climate, you have the people that are like, we should, like, we shouldn't be uh, making people feel bad for mental illness. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. Like, we shouldn't be making people feel bad for mental illness, but we also should be a little bit more specific on, like, what mental illness is. So, for example, like, people being like, well, you shouldn't make people bad for depression. And I'm like, by any stretch of the imagination, absolutely not. No. However, I think that it's so important for us to differentiate I'm going through a breakup and I'm so emotionally distraught right now because I'm fucked up because I'm going through a breakup and a medical diagnosis of clinical depression. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I, I feel like this happened, you know, a couple years ago, a couple decades maybe where everybody was giving out like ADHD medication and like ADD meds to kids when it was like, no, they're just they're, like they're six, just they're they're just seven years old. They're like, just crazy, and you yeah. don't want to. You as the parent don't. Ooh, there you really, go, not being not PC again. I know you as a parent God don't want to deal with it, right? And so you think that this is the magic pill that will be the end all be all, and it and I feel like some people view therapy that way. Like, well, I'm sad and I don't know what to do, so I got to go to therapy, and it's it, it, it could it be helpful for you? Absolutely. Right. But I don't think that you need to jump to that if you're sad one day. Like right. you, humans have right. emotions and they can be sad. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the issues that I have with this concept of like umbrella terms. Like me and you talked about like how I hate the word queer because it's just like, it's like all inclusive. And it's just like, but when you make everything all inclusive, even though it goes in with the intention of like making people feel like they belong, like there are certain things that gay youth go through that somebody who's just kind of fucking awkward is not going through. Yeah. So when you like have people that have ADHD or are clinically depressed to say that like, well, everybody struggles with depression is really taking away the value from somebody who is genuinely going through it. And the more we are inclusive, the less that we have the ability to actually help people that are going through very specific things. Yeah. Rather than like, to me, it would be such a better approach to be like, hey, guess what? When you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you know what you want to do? You want to say, fuck you, mom and dad. You want to put on Linkin Park and cry in your pillow. Like, because <laughs> that's what I did all the time. Yeah. You know? And help these, like, kids understand of, like, hey, guess what? Like, honestly, like, it's You'll okay get to through go through it, shit. though. You're going to get through it. You really But will. it doesn't make you queer. It doesn't make you depressed. It doesn't make you insert, insert any thing. fucking thing here. Yeah. It just makes you a human. Dealing right. with human emotions. Especially as a teenager, you don't know how to self-regulate. You don't know how to isolate the emotions that you're feeling right. and feel them in a normal capacity. You feel things so highly, mm-hmm. you know, and... Well, your hormones are, like, yeah. all over the place, too. Yeah, so, like, sending that text message is the end of the world, but... I mean, in hindsight, you're like, oh, no, it wasn't. I wish the problems that I had in high school were the problems that I have yeah. now. Like, same. Same. When my, when my biggest issue was like, oh my God, I have a book report due tomorrow. And I like have not read To Kill a Mockingbird yet. <laughs> like, I'm fucked. Spark notes. Spark notes. Kind Spark. of going back to what you were saying about friendship being a lot more action than it is words. Right. Um, is that my car? Or your car? I don't know. Um, so... I guess, like, I get frustrated with friends, too, when it comes to, like, if you're unable to do something or I shoot you a text inviting you to something, it takes five, even if you don't want to do it, like, it takes max 30 seconds to go into messages and hit reply 
and say something like, I'm not able to make it. I'm honestly, I'm not going to poke and prod why you're not able to make it. No. Like, that's fine. Or like, maybe next time or like. No, thanks. No, thank you. But good luck. Like, honestly, yeah. it's just like, it takes such minimal effort. I'm, to do I'm busy like that, that day. I would love to next time. Right. So I had invited people to come do a workout on Thanksgiving. Okay. Right. Oh, and fun. Yeah. You'll have to come next year. It was a ton yes. of fun. Yes. Um, oh, I can't on Thanksgiving, though. Dude, I cook all the food. Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm definitely down for Christmas Eve. Dope, dude. But yeah, no, Thanksgiving, I, That's cool. I cook all That's the food. That's cool. So I also realized that some people are like you, and you're like, honestly, no, there's just no way I'd be able no. to make it, right? Yeah. So I do this, like, Thanksgiving workout and stuff, and I sent a... Although I went on a hike this Thanksgiving. Dude, I did, go like, a you. Mor- Me and Spencer took the dogs on, like, a morning hike. Go you. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Okay, sorry. Anyways, um, you're good. Oh, I love your stories. Hey. Um, so hey. I, invited, I, I sent out a mass text to a group of people that I, was hope, that I would, would hope that, like, at minimum, they'd be like, hey, not able to make it, but, like, good luck. Yeah. I, this group text had probably a dozen people in it. Okay. All of whom were in town. Got it. Okay? It's like, hey, guys, um, I'm doing this Thanksgiving workout. I would love for you guys to come by. And I received a message from two of them back in that group message saying like, hey, not able to make it today, but like, I definitely want to come see your gym or like, I, I, you know, good luck. Something to send, like maybe next time. But like I texted 12 people and two people messaged me back. And and I even, I'll be, I'll be honest. I sent that message out. I mean, don't worry. I would love for any of them to come. Absolutely. But I sent it out more as like a courtesy of like, hey guys, like. If you want to come, like, it'd be really cool to have you. But I also totally understand if, like, you're, you're not able to You're with it. your family. You're busy. It's, like, a bunch of you are, are in town from somewhere else. And if you want to spend that time with your family, honestly, Vegging I get out. it. I'm about it. You, you want to sleep in? I totally get it. Like, it's cool. Yeah. But, like, and these are, this entire group are a group of people that I'm close with. Yeah. So, for me to have, send out this group message of 12 people and have two people respond to me, Hey, not able to, I already go in sending that message out knowing none of them are probably going to show up. Yeah. And, that, and that's okay. Again, like, I get it. You have your own thing going on. But when two people respond to me, it just is like, guys, like, you are people that I consider incredibly close to me, and I didn't receive shit from you. And, like, to not be honest, cool. that feels shitty. Yeah. Was I in that group text? No. Oh, no, no, no. You're thank good. God. Lately, I'm here to tell you this is an intervention, and you are a you fucking are a shitty shit person. Dick. No. I am. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. Like, let's just use you, for example, right? You were like, Amanda, like, I can't wait to come to your Thanksgiving workout. Can't wait to be there. And then you don't show up. I should not be the person that has to reach out to you. To say sorry. To si- or to seek that out. Yeah. Yeah. And not even sorry, but just, I don't like, know. just what like, happened. Because like, I just end up like, hey, like, missed you today, but maybe next time. Yeah. Again, I'm trying to give you the benefit out. Maybe, like, you had a rough morning. You know, you had family shit going on. I, honestly, I fucking get it. But when you were the person that didn't follow through on your word, to be honest, you are obligated. Like, you should have the obligation. You should feel like you, you should, at minimum, want to right. reach out to them. And, like, and I'm, I think like, I'm a fairly nice person. I don't think I've ever had somebody reach out to me and apologize and me, like, throw them an attitude back. Yeah. Ever. You're like, oh, thanks so much for recognizing. Right. Um, and maybe we can use this to wrap it up. I think that I've, I've learned anything... In terms of like how to deal with friendships that might not be ideal. Like Hudson and I were talking about how a relationship 
is never 50-50. Or, or even if it is 50-50, that's for short bouts of time. Because like usually it sways somewhere like 60-40, 40-60. And there's times where like I'm at 10% and like you're giving me, my, you're giving me 90, mm. right? And then it might switch in the opposite direction. But I think good friendships are always trying to like get back to that center. 50 50 right because you're constantly trying to get back to that center but with the understanding of like there's been times where like i've been down and out and i've had people be like nope like we got you like we're gonna pull mm-hmm. you up yeah and as i get older i'm like friendships fucking take effort they relationships do. take effort they do so yeah. on that note thanks for being an awesome friend and <gasps> you're the thanks. titties and i love me some titties so yeah, yeah. guys thank you so so much for listening to this week's episodes. I really can't even begin to explain to you guys how much I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to listen to the stuff that I have to say. It's kind of funny when I feel like I have a message that I'm putting out there that I feel like is a good message that I resonate with, that I think other people will resonate with, and somehow life just throws me some sort of a curveball and challenges me is like, okay, are you going to practice what you preach or are you just full of shit? So I was on the phone with my brother last night and he was like, Amanda, like I got to call you out for something. And I'm like, ah, fuck no. But seeing as how I just had this conversation with Layla about how much I appreciate the people that are calling me out out of love more than anything. I was like, all right, brother, like, what do you got for me? And he basically challenged me to just be more aware of the language that I use and whether or not I'm saying things that might sincerely hurt people that are close to me in my life. My visceral reaction was like, oh, well, this person needs to buck up. This person needs to just like grow up hair. This person just needs to, you know, grow, grow a little bit of thicker skin. And even though I might think that I have to give this person some room to grow and I probably should be way more uplifting in my speech. So thank you brother for feeling like you could call me out and guys, I'm trying to do some sort of collaboration with this brother because he's absolutely freaking hilarious. And I think that we would have just a crazy fun time doing a recording together. So look for that in the hopefully near future. And until then guys, don't forget to go follow me on Instagram at snapbacks and sports bras for some quality comedic material. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and make sure you follow me. If you guys are listening on Apple podcasts, please go rate and review me five stars, please. And if you guys write me a nice little review, just know that freaking makes my day. So until next time, guys, this pussy puncher is out.